0: Welcome to CityCast, the Smart Cities podcast from CityVerve. In each instalment, we'll be tackling the issues faced by smart cities in the UK and further afield, as well as providing an update on all things CityVerve. Hello, my name is Vicky de Blasi. This month, I'm joined in the studio by David Petch, a writer and filmmaker, who over the years has worked with the likes of Amnesty International, Save the Children and the BBC to tell stories the world over. We'll be talking about the exciting film that he's making about Manchester and its rich history of innovation. David, welcome.
1: Cool. Thanks, Vicky. Great to be here.
0: We'll also hear later about a new walking tour of Manchester that's been developed as part of the Verve project, as well as finding out what went on at the three-day Everything is Connected conference. David, perhaps uh, to get started, you can tell us a little bit about uh, what connection, if any, you had with Manchester and how the process of making this film has started to change your relationship with the city. Mm.
1: I guess I've always been aware of Manchester as a a sort of cool cultural city, sort of like the music and art scene and film. Mm. It's always been on my radar in that sense but I guess actually kind of going up there a lot more, I've been up there in the past but going up there a lot more recently since I've been making this and kind of meeting people I've met a lot of interesting uh, music producer for example who um, has introduced me to the music scene. A lot of people think of Manchester as, you know, you think of Oasis or Joy Division or that but Obviously the modern, the scene at the moment is still massive. There's mm. artists like DDB and Free um, Wise Men who are just making like incredible music. So yeah, it's really, it's been an eye-opening experience.
0: And so this is now probably a good time uh, to ask you a little bit about the film that you are actually making for us at City of Earth.
1: So the film is about Manchester being this city of innovation, that it's um, it's a city of world firsts. And I wasn't aware of a lot of this before I started making it, but Manchester had the first public library, for example. Um, mm-hmm. They're responsible for the, the first contraceptive pill, uh, first water, public waterway, uh, tra- uh, train service. And I think one kind of like common thread running through a lot of these things is that a lot of these World Firsts actually had quite like a social application, that they were things that were helping yeah. the city, such as a library, So, which was... Um, you know getting involved and i think city verve is i guess it's a natural extension of that
0: yeah absolutely and, and and you're right and that's kind of really how we've always viewed city verve is is kind of setting out and creating the next set of firsts for manchester building on that kind of great heritage of innovation and invention um one of the things you kind of touched on a bit there david was around capturing that kind of that the essence or the spirit of the city um and yeah, how have you approached that in terms of thinking about creating this film and, and trying to capture something that, that is very authentic and and you know doesn't necessarily reflect the the stereotypes that people might have of Manchester, but really captures that true spirit as it exists today?
1: I think um your authenticity is essential to this film's success. And I think it's one of the great things about Manchester is it's a very diverse city, there's people from all over the world. And I think that's a one of its core strengths and that's yeah. kind of what makes it the city it is. So we definitely want to reflect that in the film we make. Um I think to do that, it's been a process of um it's been starting with like research online, talking to people and then sort of going up uh, to Manchester, getting out there and actually meeting people and finding people with kind of real, genuine stories, like interesting. I had this idea about kind of wanting to feature what I was calling in my head local heroes. These people that are um, I guess these Unsung heroes, people that are kind of doing interesting kind of work with the community and stuff like that that people might not know very much about. Mm, about. mm. We found a a guy in Moss Side at the fire station there who started a a boxing gym for the local community. He's a really interesting character and he's he's basically working with, um, I guess, a lot of teenage people with kind of like problems and kind of like from disadvantaged backgrounds and getting them into boxing and channeling their energies into positive things. So I'd hope we're kind of featuring someone like that and his work, even if it's only for a second in the film, there's actually a kind of like a, there's a massive backstory to to tell yeah. about him. and I, I think the same with um I was up there last week. I met a uh, Carmel Dickinson, who's part of the University of Manchester working City Verve. and she was great. She showed us around. We met um, we met interesting people doing great work at universities, such as a group of um research students who have been 3d printing uh, bionic limbs and which is great which is something that's kind of it's not the first time that's been done but what they've managed to succeed in doing is the amazing price point that they can print these things for the same price as like a kettle or a toaster so it actually makes that kind of technology of prosthetics something that's always been very expensive and makes it affordable and means you know you can kind of farm that out to the rest of the world and places where you know they might not have the an economy to support that so yeah. it's actually it's been a yeah it's just been a very eye-opening great experience already before we've actually filmed anything
0: yeah and yeah. i mean even just those two examples mm. you've given there are you know very very different in terms of yeah. the types of people the type of work they're doing mm. and i think that for me is what really makes manchester great that you have as you said that real kind of diversity in those real examples constantly of people kind of coming together or working together creating something really yeah, great absolutely um so it sounds like you've got some fantastically interesting people that you are going to be filming. What kind of locations are you going to be shooting in? So
1: again it's I think it, for me it was the locations are kind of led by the people we meet. So I mm. kind of I didn't want this to feel like a kind of tourist board film or kind of a picture postcard version of yeah. Manchester. I didn't, you know, there are kind of beautiful, uh, you know, old buildings and kind of very kind of iconic kind of monuments and things, but I, I felt it's actually In my head, it was better to kind of get into kind of spaces where you might not normally um, see in a film. And for me, that was more interesting. So, yeah, inside this this gym, for example, um, inside the kind of labs with the university, uh, just, I guess, yeah, spaces that are often kind of private spaces that, you know, the general public might not necessarily get to see. And I also wanted to shoot inside people's homes. So we're kind of, you know, meeting like young families or people like that and just actually getting in there kind of meeting to them talking to them about what the city means to them and then yeah yeah
0: Yeah, no absolutely it sounds fantastic Um, and in terms of your kind of personal hopes for the film do you have in your mind you know you obviously have a very clear view in terms of the the kind of the spirit and the essence of the film that you want to create do you have very clear hopes in terms of what you hope the film will achieve
1: it's been interesting meeting people up in manchester and talking about this and talking about it people in across the country and it's it's something people are genuinely excited about the possibility of this but also something that people don't often know a lot about and in some ways when you first start talking about smart cities or the internet of things and these they can sound like quite abstract concepts that don't Mm. necessarily have anything to do with us as people yeah we can be like well i don't know how that's going to actually affect me and i think what's interesting and what the film hopefully will be able to provide We're like oh actually this is this is about me it's about you know my life how i interact with the city and about improving you know services and and things that i i use so hopefully that will
0: yeah absolutely and, and and that echoes a lot of the conversations that we've had here on this podcast about how do you turn a smart city from something that sounds really good in theory to something that actually mm. makes sense to the people that, that live there and I think it, for me it almost feels, feels like that film will do that plus being a kind of a, I suppose a love letter to Manchester and everything yeah. that is and everything that it could be which um, is, is pretty special um so david i um have been lucky enough to see a lot of the films that you've created um previously so um, i'm aware of some of the experience that you're bringing in here but um for our listeners perhaps you could kind of explain how some of the experiences from other films you've worked on are going to play into this project um particularly i'm thinking about some of the work that you've done with non-actors before for example
1: okay um Yeah, interesting. I guess it's 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 definitely it's it's an interesting term. And I use it myself, actor and non-actor, but I guess obviously the commonality is that they're, they're both they're all people. people. So yeah. it's like <laughs> you can say that, yeah, non-actors. You still use a lot of the same skills talking to them. I guess it's um one project I did last year, which was in Mexico, which was interesting that I kind of I worked with a a group, I guess you'd call them an indigenous um group of people in the north of mexico called a witch hole and they um i wanted to film some of their rituals but i also wanted to um implant kind of fictionalized kind of narrative scenes within those Mm -hmm. so i allowed i sort of spent time with them talking to them and kind of i guess kind of winning their trust and understanding what they wanted to get out of the process and then we kind of set it up as a documentary they performed the rituals i inserted actors and then kind of Found moments where I could kind of, I guess, alter things and kind of change things to to tell the story that we we were trying to tell. So I think in a kind of, it's a very kind of bizarre kind of parallel in a way, like a kind of tribe in Mexico against a kind of smart <laughs> city in Manchester. But I think there's lots for me. There's lots of parallels in the actual how I'd approach it. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I really love about your work is that real kind of sensitivity i suppose into that authenticity and about Mm. wanting to you know tell the story that you have in mind but do it in a way that that makes sense given where you are and the people you're working with and i think that really came through in in that the mexico films you you mentioned so uh, no pressure but we have high hopes for this (laughs) one (laughs) so one question that we like to ask all our guests is what they do if they were given a blank canvas to design their own smart city what are the kind of key things that you'd absolutely have to have in there
1: i mean i guess kind of Growing up, watching stuff like Back to the Future, I always kind of (laughs) dreamt of um, cities with flying cars and those sort of things, which I guess, but I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe sort of more seriously, I think a smart city should probably be a city that kind of functions for everybody in that city. And maybe what's great about technology is the way that it can help solve problems. So maybe looking at things like um, housing problems, housing crisis, Mm. homelessness, it would be great if a... I guess in my eyes, a smart city probably should be able to solve that. We shouldn't have to have people living on the streets. Um, Yeah, uh, stuff like with food waste. I was thinking the other day actually that a a smart city is so much wasted food through restaurants and supermarkets and shops and maybe there's a way with technology can help us kind of, you know, pinpoint where that kind of food is where it's being wasted and where it could actually be used or function so yeah, yeah stuff I, like that i think maybe. it's a great
0: idea and yeah. i know that um a lot of the supermarkets are now starting to take a much mm. more proactive stance like that and i think you're right it'll be really interesting to look at how technology could kind of solve some of the, those issues that we sort of are encountering up and down the country yeah. definitely thank cool. you So, the City of First won't just be coming to life in movie form. We've also been working on a brand new walking tour with Sparta Digital and the Buzzing app, which will take people on the journey through the past, present and future of Manchester's pioneering spirit. I took the trip for myself this week. So, I am on the streets of Manchester today. I'm joined by Louis from Sparta Digital and we are undertaking a walking tour with a difference because our tour guides today are virtual and accessed through our smartphones. Uh, So Louis, perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about uh, how uh, this walking tour works.
2: So the app's called Buzzing App. It's free to download on all Apple and Android devices. The feature within the app is called the City of Firsts and it's basically um, an augmented reality guided walking tour. So it takes you around different uh, locations around Manchester City Centre and specifically the Oxford Road corridor and it, it, shows, you the, it, it, it shows you different locations of where uh, pioneering uh, activities have taken place. So what you do is you just download the app, you select the uh, City of First feature on the homepage and you'll be shown a map and on, on the map it'll show you each location of uh, historic pioneering significance or significance now.
0: Okay, great. So why don't we have a little walk and see what we can find. So Louis, what's going to be the first stop on our tour?
2: Okay, so the first stop on the tour is uh, Manchester Central Library. So we'll walk to the location. Once we get to the location um, on the map, a button will appear saying AR view. You select the button and your augmented reality camera will open. You'll not, uh, turn your camera 360 and you'll find one of the uh, virtual City of Earth plaques floating in the air. You click on the plaque.
3: Shh. This iconic library has played a huge part in Manchester's rich history of firsts. Did you know that Manchester was the first council to establish a rate-supported library, lending its first books way back in 1852? If you
2: look around there, you'll see- Yeah, so you click on the plaque, um, a hologram, of a a person appears and it explains to you what uh, pioneering thing happened in in this location so have you just heard it said that the uh, library was the manchester central library is actually the first library that uh, rented out books to the public
0: so as you can see hopefully listeners can, can hear that the great thing about this is that You can kind of engage with it as as you fit, as you walk around, you can jump in at different points of interest. um, And I really recommend people download it and have a look for themselves because actually seeing the augmented reality stuff in action is very, very cool.
2: Yeah, so it is actually free to download. And uh, as just been mentioned, it's not a set tour. You can literally go to whichever stop is closest to you and find out what uh, historic thing happened. So shall we go to our next stop, which is the uh, Midland Hotel?
0: Yep, sounds good. Let's go. Okay, so we've just walked across the road from the library to the Midland Hotel and I think we've got another story to hear here.
2: Yeah, so once we've approached the Midland Hotel, um, the AR view option button has appeared again. So you'll select the button and it'll tell you the story of what historic thing happened in this location.
3: You might know the Midland Hotel has played host to world leaders, royalty and rock stars over the years. But did you know it's also the place where Charles Rolls met Henry Royce? The two were introduced in this iconic building and after a short drive in one of Henry's twin cylinder 10 horsepower cars, Charles was sold and they agreed to go into business together. They built the
2: first... Rolls. Yeah, so interestingly, as it's just been explained, uh, the Midland Hotel was actually the first place where Rolls met Royce to form the uh, Rolls Royce automobile, so you do have a map that guides you to each location, but then once you're actually at the location, there is a large green City of Earth plaque installed to the building or wherever wherever the content is, which is just another way to kind of guide you on on how to uh, find the uh, content.
0: And the walking tour isn't the only thing that celebrates first. We have another first in terms of the creation of these plaques themselves.
4: These are our plaques. They're bright green and blue, and they're just shy of two feet in diameter. Uh, But what really makes them interesting is uh, what they're made of. So we partnered with a small textile startup called Pentatonic, and they turn everyday trash into innovative materials and products. Um, So for our plaques, we took inspiration from Manchester's rich history in music, media, and fashion, and used that to... um, create our plaques out of. So we had the idea and we reached out to Pentatonic to help us make it happen. So the face of these are made out of recycled CDs and DVDs uh, and they'll be mounted onto bases that are made out of other recycled materials. So one of the bases is made out of recycled sneakers um, and it's kind of a granite looking material that's much more lightweight and speckled with color from the different shoes that were used. Uh, And the other base is made out of uh, recycled PET, so water bottles um, and things like that. So this is really cool, really innovative, and just another first as part of the wider campaign highlighting all the firsts in Manchester's history. Keep a look out for them as you walk through Manchester enjoying the tour.
0: So Louis, how many points of interest are there on the walking tour?
4: So in total there are 13 different points
2: of interest on the walking tour. The majority of them are located on the Oxford Road corridor. Um, Some of them, there's a good mixture of old pioneering things that have happened and pioneering things that are happening today because of the City of Earth project, so as just mentioned about uh, Rolls, the first meeting of Rolls and Royce and the first uh, public library to hand out uh, books to the public. It also, You can also find locations where, for example, the first talkative bus stop is and smart lighting projects.
0: And Louis, I know that you've done the full walk, it takes you, I think you said it took you about two hours or so, is that right? It's quite, a, quite an extensive walk. And we've actually set it up as a mission within Be Active as well, so you can hopefully kind of improve your fitness levels whilst you're out learning about the, the great and the good things that have happened and are happening in Manchester.
2: Yeah, during the uh, testing period of the app, I had to go uh, to every location on the tour and um, I think I did 15,000 steps just seven kilometres, which uh, kept me... I didn't go to the gym that day, anyway.
0: Our <laughs> be active uh, colleagues would be proud. Right, come on then, Louis, where are we going next? Now, David, I'm not sure if you've tuned into CityCast before, but if you have, then you'll know that we like to put our guests to the test. Each month, we ask for an airtight definition of a relevant word or phrase and a nomination of an unbearable utterance to be entered into our virtual Room 101 of vacuous vocab. Up for the challenge? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a go. As I say, the answer is pretty much yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so first up, <laughs> let's please hear your definition of authenticity.
1: Okay. It's probably um, I can probably easier to define it by saying what it's not. It's um, Obviously, it's not phony or contrived or fake. It's about... Um, being truthful I guess I can maybe try and define it in the context of a film mm. more if yeah I but I guess it's like I was saying with um the people we're meeting up there the guy at the, the boxers and the, these various people the music producers I feel like this film it's a lot of films or commercial content in particular if you pause the frame you would see how it was constructed you would see that it was kind of art directed it was maybe the person would be like you'd cast the most kind of photogenic boxer possible. You'd probably <laughs> hung some kind of vintage boxing kind of posters on the wall behind yeah. him. But I feel with this film, it'd be nice to think that any time you kind of paused and, you know, whether it's a 60 second, 90 second film, you could pause it anywhere. And it would actually be a genuine, truthful story, where you, which you could tell. So I guess that would make it authentic to me.
0: Yeah, no, it's a brilliant definition. Thank you, David. Um, and I'm imagining that you won't struggle for a submission for our Room 101. Uh, people rarely do. We've had some uh, quite controversial suggestions. So looking forward to hearing your uh, entry for this.
1: Um, okay, it's probably not the most original thing, but I think maybe I'm lazy, but I'm going to say the same word again, authenticity, <laughs> but um, potentially for different reasons. And also I think maybe it's overused, but I probably overuse it myself. But also it's, um, I don't know, sometimes if you need to kind of keep on saying that something's authentic it probably isn't
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes very good point very good point thank you now this is the point at which we usually put one of our consortium members up against the clock for our meet the partners challenge but we're going to do things a little differently this month as in march we had more than 300 people from across the world come to meet our partners in person the three-day event was called everything is connected and future everything's for was there doing a fabulous job making sure the whole show ran smoothly
3: I'm Fermata Conte, I'm the programme manager at Future Everything, and I'm part of our um, contribution to CityVerb. And I'm here, it's Wednesday afternoon, I'm sitting in the Bright building, and we're in day two of um, Everything is Connected, which is a three-day programme, which we're calling a conferences lab, which is basically showcasing lots of things Manchester's doing around smart cities and Internet of Things. Yesterday, Tuesday, was Smart Impact, and that was showcasing um, some of the outcomes of this European Union-funded project that Manchester's been involved in. Now, Smart Impact is really looking at the non-tech side of smart cities, so what things that local authorities need to do around procurement and finance and governance that will actually, I think, help smart cities' things happen um, much more effectively. Um, and today, Wednesday, is Smart City Live. So that's showcasing outcomes and demonstrating technologies that have been developed in Verb and also Triangulum, which is another smart city project that Manchester's, Manchester's involved in. It's really great, we've got um, four strands of workshops taking place across the day, um, looking at health and well-being, community engagement, transportation, and then energy and data. We've also got some walking tours, so taking delegates out of the building so they can experience using some of the apps and visiting the energy center that um, is at the Manchester Metropolitan University. And then alongside all of that, we've also got a tech showcase that's happening in the main auditorium um, and that's really exciting because it's a chance for people to really get their hands on um, some of the technologies that have been developed in CityVerb. So there's a VR bike, that everyone's having a really good go on. Um, I had a go yesterday evening and it was actually a little bit disconcerting because I cycle every day and suddenly it was really weird to be sitting on something that was static but moving. Um, and then also you can find out things about, about what's happening in the energy and environment strand from spiker and asset mapping. Um, yeah, so it's been a really fun day, really laid back and also really engaging. Because if you look around and you can see lots of people having conversations with different people, lots of really good networking going on. Um, yeah, so Smart City Live is being a really fun day and I'm really enjoying it. I'm also really looking forward to the panel discussion that's happening later on this evening. Hi, I'm Mark Duncan from Manchester City Council, leading for the City Council on City Verve and also the Triangulum Project, both of which we're showcasing here today at the Bright Building. Great opportunity for us, with events like this, to showcase the work that we're doing with our partners, such as the partners on CityVerve, to showcase the use cases that we're developing, the innovative approaches we have around mobility, health and social care, energy and environment a really great opportunity with these types of networks and these events to showcase what we're doing in partnership with the other European cities, um, getting an international dimension, getting input from them, as well as being able to showcase what we're doing to them in return. And this evening, we're going to be launching Future Sessions, which is a new style of event from Future Everything. So previously, we've done sort of three, four-day festivals, but this time it's kind of condensed into one day. But we always like to start things with a launch party, so that's taking place at the Whitworth Gallery this evening. Um, So we're going to be launching Super Gestures, which is the second City Verve Art Commission, and then having some electronic music and audiovisual performances, which look really exciting. They're being curated um, by a really great producer from Manchester. And then tomorrow... is going to be Future Sessions, which has the intriguing title of Trust and Invisible Agents. And that's the culmination of Everything is Connected. So this three-day program exploring smart cities and internet of things from lots of different angles. So tomorrow is really about um, a sort of critical and artistic and uh, dare I say intellectual kind of examination of the internet of things. Like who are these invisible agents? Why should we trust them? What happens when AI runs systems for us? How do we build that trust into, into systems? So there's going to be talks from artists, some in conversations, some keynotes from the main stage, some hands-on workshops where people can build their own uh, Internet of Things system or build their own energy system, um, and I think it'll be a really cracking finish to everything. Is connected the three days that we've been delivering in the Bright Building,
0: and that I'm afraid is all we have time for this month. I hope you've all found it as entertaining as insightful as I have. A huge thanks to my guest, David Petch. David, where can people go to find out more about your work?
1: i guess um, you can google me on the internet and um i have a website davidpatch.com or i work for a company of the sweet shop so you can look there's lots of interesting work they do there so yeah
0: brilliant thank you and good luck with all the filming cool thank you you can download and subscribe to this podcast via itunes and acast and listen again on the city verve mixcloud and soundcloud pages a quick google search will get you there We're always looking out for suggestions of topics to cover, so if you have a burning question you'd like answered on a future podcast, then do get in touch over on Twitter using the at CityVerve handle. Until next time, stay smart.